Hello, and welcome to Jumpcast. I am your host, Alex. And joining me this week is, as always, Simon. Hello. Hello. It's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks. We had a week off because we were all way too hot to function. <laughs> Basically I mean, dying. We're always way too hot to function, but um <laughs> just even more so <laughs> because of the heat <laughs> in the UK. Yeah, we we took hot boy, girl and non binary summer to to a whole new level. Absolutely a whole yeah, completely. Um <laughs> but we're back, we're here. We've got so much to talk about, as we usually do on Jumpcast. All of your film, news, trailers, reviews, all of that good stuff all coming up. Uh, we're missing Charlotte this week, though. Um, she is actually on holiday this time, like real-life island. i say she's on the uh, Mamma Mia island, I think. Yeah, I think she is. <laughs> she turned up on... She turned up by boat doing the Titanic thing with um with Colin Firth. <laughs> Absolute, just yeah, I I want to do that. Actually, I feel like that should be the... the episode, and I'm just gonna go now. Do it. <laughs> He's off. He's gone. <laughs> just you and me, listener. It just it's Simon and Simon alone. Welcome to the Mamma Mia. Here we go again. A minute podcast where we <laughs> dissect the 2018 <laughs> i would genuinely do that i love that film to bits that is hilarious i'm like you know what i am not joking anymore this is good. <laughs> do it. Do it. i'm I writing it down to. now you have to do it oh god put it with the other podcast ideas <laughs> uh well talking of podcast ideas Jump Cut Online had an idea, and it spawned Jumpcast, which we are here to bring you today. We are. Yes, we're going to be talking uh, the new releases, Where the Crawdads Sing and The Grey Man. We're also going to be going through all the trailers. And instead of the news this week, we are just going to give you a big old Comic-Con dump. <laughs> Interesting choice of word. Yeah it, yeah, it sounded a bit weird after I'd said it. Yeah. But there you go. What <laughs> it's said now. It's, it's done. said, it's done, and it's there. We're going to be talking about <laughs> Comic Con, uh, all the big news of of the um of the convention, the San Diego yeah. convention. Um, and then of course we'll be bringing you a trailer talk as well, and we might have a little bit of a a surprise game at the end. Ooh. But before we get that. into that. Simon, what have you uh, been up to? Anything this week? Anything nice? Well, funny you should ask, Alex, because um, so in the last episode we did, which I have to remind myself is two weeks ago and not last week, yeah. <laughs> uh, Charlotte Charlotte went and reviewed The Sea Beast, the oh, Netflix animation. Yes, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, in our time off, I got to watch that and I'm happy to report I loved it. I oh thought it was gosh, really, yes. really good. So... Yeah, um, to give a kind of brief refresher in case you forgot from the last episode, um, obviously you can always go back and listen to that, but while you're still here, uh, it's, I don't know if it's based on a story, it must be, from, uh, from, from 
previous. Uh, basically, it's about a, a society which essentially is enthralled to these hunters, these monster hunters that go out to sea and hunt great sea beasts of, of the name of the film. And the, it kind of follows this uh, orphan uh, whose, whose parents died in uh, a hunting ship years and years ago. And but she idolizes them. She has this book that she carries around all the time. She's just like, oh, I love the, I love the hunters, and she ends up on one of the, if not the the most famous hunter ship, in search of this big called uh, the Red something, uh, which is going to annoy me now because I can't remember it. Um, but essentially, it becomes one of those stories where they go searching for this thing and what they find might not be what they expected and then how does that countenance how does that reconcile with their reality and is their reality all that it seems to be and that was just genuinely so good and it's got so many fascinating ideas in it and it's such it's so great to see a, a, another family focused film which is so unafraid to not patronize its audience first of all and to really interrogate and like it's a really good treatise on like critical thinking and how to kind of spot propaganda and things like this and it's really like and it's so fascinating because like there was that film smallfoot did you ever see that the um the yeti one i did not see it but i did um that is the film that spawned the wonderful meme Zendaya is Michi, <laughs> correct? Yeah, Zendaya is Michi. Yeah. Uh, and LeBron yeah. James is Bronji. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but there's a there's a kind of through line of this um I think it's uh, of of this kind of post fake news, post uh, alternative facts kind of um world that we live in. And yeah, it's just so interesting to see that story being told. And yeah, I I loved it. It's just a shame Netflix didn't care to tell anybody that it was out. Yeah, it felt like it just completely went under the radar, which is a, a big shame. A shame and honestly a travesty because the film that they have been plugging to death and then some, we'll get to. Yeah, we will. We will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, it has been. I mean, I've had my birthday since you we last recorded. Uh, went Many to happy watch, returns. Thank you. Went to watch Brian and Charles in cinemas. Oh, lovely! Just brilliant. Absolutely wonderful to be able to see on the big screen. Um, That's excellent. Yeah. Uh, and then apart from that, I mean, uh. So I've only watched The Grey Man out of the new releases over the past few weeks. So I've been lagging a little bit. Um, so I've decided I'm going to do a little quick top five countdown because, Simon, I want to break yeah. the news that I've got my film mojo back. He's got his film mojo back, ladies and gentlemen. I've got my film mojo back. On the 18th of, of July, I was like, right, we're watching films. <laughs> <laughs> um, and since then i've actually watched quite a few and some that uh have been on my watch list for quite a while now so i'm going to give you a quick top five later on of films that i've been watching that if you haven't seen i would wholeheartedly recommend that you do 
Okay. Or if you've already seen them, watch them again. Watch them again. Uh, you know, anyway. Uh, as for TV series, I do want to mention Solar Opposites, which is back uh, for season three now. Okay, so what is this? Because I keep seeing yeah. it advertised on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, okay, so Solar Opposites is a kind of a spin-off from Rick and Morty, but not really a spin-off because it has nothing to do with Rick and Morty in any kind of way. Just the okay. fact that it's the show is created by Justin Roiland, who is one of the, right. the co-creators of Rick and Morty. How, how Rick and Morty is Dan Harmon's baby, Solar Opposites is kind of Justin Roiland's. Okay, okay. Same animation style, same um, kind of uh, felt-tip dot pupils, you know, all that kind of yeah. jazz. Um, but what I will say, and this will annoy a lot of people, is that it is so much better than Rick and Morty. I, but, yeah. But Rick and Morty is for all those geniuses and Menza members. <laughs> How can this be better? Um, like he turns himself into a pickle. <laughs> give me some Szechuan sauce now. <laughs> seven oh, more seasons and boy, seven more. Uh no, yeah. I just I don't know whether it's because I mean I actually really don't know why it's better. It it, it just is. It's funnier. It's a lot I mean Rick and Morty is very meta, but like this is yeah. this kind of just goes all in. Okay. Really. I mean, there's one <laughs> There's one bit in the first episode of the new series where, um, so essentially, easiest way to describe Solar Opposites is that it's an alien race whose planet gets blown up and um, there's like a hundred groups of these aliens get sent off to different planets to essentially terraform that planet so it can then become the new homeworld. Right. And the fa- the alien family that we follow gets sent to Earth um so it's basically about them acclimatizing to life on earth and their culture and our culture and all of that kind of stuff okay so obviously you can kind of see where the the hilarity ensues on on that side of things yeah yeah um and in the first episode of series three they are kind of all being told what their jobs are meant to be and the the little girl alien her job is she's meant to be like the transcriber so she's meant to take findings from the world that they're on and write them down and like kind of diarize them basically okay yeah so when she finds out what that's meant to be she says something along the lines of oh my god so that makes me basically like the jk rowling of the group crucio and once she says that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little um subtitle comes up on the bottom of the screen which says this episode was written in 2009 <laughs> <laughs> uh which i was absolutely cackling at so yeah that's excellent it's really 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 brilliant um there's also this kind of sub um plot about uh, uh, this wall which is in the aliens houses the two children aliens basically shrink down lots of human beings and keep them in this wall which is basically like a hamster cage but for humans and okay yeah that has its own plot that's like kind of like half political thriller half survival thing it's just it's it's amazing 
I would wholeheartedly recommend it. I think the, the first two seasons are on Disney Plus, and then there's three or four episodes with episodes dropping weekly of series three. So yeah, definitely watch it because it's it's brilliant. Nice. All right, I'll have to give that a go. I think I think you would like it, Simon. Hmm. Well, thank you for the recommendation. Okay, well, it's now time to get in to not the news, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Comic Con dispatch. So, San Diego Comic Con uh, came back for the first proper time since before the pandemic, I think. I was going to say, it's been a while since there's actually been one of these things. Yeah. So I know that last year they did like a kind of a, a virtual type one, but none of like the big wigs really kind of attended that. Because you had the fandom. Oh yeah, the DC fandom. The DC fandom. Whoa. Whoa. 20, 24 Whoa. hours of content where five minutes of it was actually worth watching. Um <laughs> Which is apt because that's kind of similar to uh, Warner Brothers Discovery's panel at this year's Comic Con. Um, so yeah, so the, a lot of news came out. A lot of TV side of things came out. Obviously, we won't go too much into that, but you know, the House of Dragon, uh, yeah, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, Sandman, what we do in the shadows, uh, Star Trek, New Worlds, and Lower Deck, all that kind of stuff. Um, Surprisingly, no Doctor Who panel, which is weird, but... Because they're hard at work filming the thing, I think, aren't they? Uh, no, well, I mean, you would have thought they'd have done the panel for Jodie Whittaker's last episode, but... Oh, yes, of course. I forgot there's still an incumbent. <laughs> yeah. I still yeah. Do her thing. I... Oh, man. After the sea demon thing, whatever it was oh, called. The sea devils. Sea devils. Ugh. Oh, fair, fair, fair. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when it came to uh the film side of things, the two big um players when it comes to Comic Con, Warner Brothers and Marvel Studios, came yeah. out to play. So we'll discuss Warner Brothers first, uh, because there isn't actually that much to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> well, first thing I wanna know mm. is Oh did did the hierarchy of power in the DC universe change? I think it's going to. It's still, it's still, still threatening to. It is still threatening to. <laughs> it's going to. It's coming any moment, any moment now. It's like when you're in um, physics class and like your teacher keeps saying, "Well, oh yeah, well the magnetic poles are gonna change any any day now." I'm like, oh yeah, are they? Are they? Oh yeah, are we facing south yet? I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit. They need to. It's just a rock, isn't it? Though, let's be honest. He just keeps saying it, and everyone's like, "Yeah, <laughs> woo, woohoo, oh yeah!" Can't <laughs> wait for that hierarchy of power in the DC universe <laughs> changing time. So, I think what the, the the first thing to say about this is that there were some very high expectations about this panel. So much so that one of the rumors was that Henry Cavill was going to take to the stage and announce his return as Superman. Which didn't happen. So I saw, I saw this. Wasn't this some like weird Ouroboros thing where the same the same platform or oh, yeah. 
source yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. reported on it also said, oh, maybe this will happen. Then they reported it as their own story and then reported the story that fans were disappointed that he didn't turn <laughs> up. Fans were disappointed. Your fans. Like, it was you. <laughs> yeah. It's, the it's call is great, coming is from it? inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we didn't get anything in the way of uh, the Flash for understandable reasons. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing on any potential Wonder Woman sequels, any Zack Snyder stuff, nothing like that. We just got uh, a bit of stuff on two of the upcoming releases, which are Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Black Adam. Um, one looks really good. Yeah, one does look really good. One looks really not so good. One looks like pff, fine. Yeah, just like okay, I suppose. Um, but the other one looks really good. <laughs> um, and both uh, two trailers were released um, for these uh, projects, and we will talk about them because we're going to do a special Comic-Con trailer segment. Um, yes. But first, I think we should move on and talk about Marvel Studios' panel, which... I mean... Paul H. has become synonymous for its big Marvel Studios panels, Think back to 2019 when you had your massive like cast announcements and all of that kind of stuff with like WandaVision and everything and Shang-Chi and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think for me, like I don't normally go in for this whole like fan hype thing. I mean, I think we made that clear in the last year that we've been doing this. <laughs> but what I will say is like every now and again, I do tune into the Comic-Con stuff because... Well, first of all, these are like the big temple films that we're going to be seeing over the summers. And, like, you know, that's exciting. Yeah. But there are sometimes very sweet moments. And the one that comes to mind for me is 2010, 2011, mm -hmm. when uh, they had a Marvel panel. Like, it was Sony Marvel. Mm. And um, they had someone come up during the QA bit in a Spider Man costume. Ah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and so <laughs> cast your mind back to that time. What could possibly be happening? And so yeah, someone just starts like talking about their passion for how how much the how much it is important to them about uh, Spider Man and how the how Spider Man has touched their lives and everything else. And then of course they take the mask off and it's Andrew Garfield. And my God, what a like. I think it is on YouTube. It is really lovely. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I've just spoiled the big thing. <laughs> but no, it is so sweet and genuinely very emotionally moving. And like, you can absolutely tell how much he loves that character. Yeah. And like, when, when he does that, it's like, oh, little tingles, little Peter <laughs> tingles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. And I mean, the forever famous moment when Tom Hiddleston came on as Loki. Um, oh, yeah, that was good. Which was, was pretty, good. pretty good. Right, yeah. so, bring it to 2022 and we have got the Marvel Studios panel. We were to uh, uh, unlike with the DC panel, we were actually told by certain sources to temper expectations. Well, yes, because they've got, is it D23? So Disney's own 
big event. Yeah, in September. So, which I assume we'll <laughs> still be expecting some big, big stuff from. Um, I assume so because yeah, the didn't that take well because there wasn't much of a Comic Con last year. That was basically where all the big stuff came last year. The, yeah, basically more or less. Yeah, yeah. So. Kevin Feige came to the stage and uh, was talking about what we have been been doing, what Phase 4 has been doing, um, and then getting towards uh, kind of the more recent releases, basically announced that Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which comes out on the 11th of November this year, is going to close Phase 4. Mm. Which I don't think anybody was expecting, actually. See, yeah, I I mean, I don't do it. Does anybody even know what phase four is meant to be? Even, <laughs> um, it, it's just some films, like yeah. I feel like in the past, like the first three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe has kind of at least given some kind of structure of building to something, and obviously it does build to Infinity War, mm. but in this case, it just feels like here's everything that happened after Infinity War. Oh, and then uh, after any... <laughs> yeah see now you say where's the through line but i feel like that's the through line maybe yeah and it's not a half bad through line really it's not half bad i, I mean I we did get I... we did get um the the big overarching thing for i guess the next three phases yeah yeah which is which again was something that we were not expecting whatsoever so, mm. so we've got She-Hulk and Black Panther were kind of forever closing out Phase Four, and then a board was brought up for Phase Five, which is being opened by Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Which yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ooh, ooh, ooh yeah. <laughs> which we already knew about. Um, then Secret Invasion, which again, yeah, we were already aware of. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three and Echo, again you know other projects that we were aware of also uh loki season two has officially got a next summer release date i'm excited for that i like loki yeah. season one should that's be good. good and then that's going to be coming along with the marvels then Excellent. we've got uh another two projects that again we were aware of which are blade which is coming late next year and iron heart which is another yep. Disney Plus series then we've got Agatha, which has had its name changed to. Let I me did get think it house because it was called House of Harkness, yes, wasn't it? And it is and now it's called Coven of Chaos. Coven of Chaos, correct? Yes. Um. So that's definitely raised a few more questions about what that series is going to be about, for sure. I really hope that it's going to be some like properly knockoff, like Adam's Family. Oh, absolutely. Like, the Monsters style um, kind of thing. That would be so good. I think that would be brilliant. To be fair, I absolutely loved Catherine Hahn in One Division, and I you could have stopped her. I absolutely love Catherine Hahn. Yeah, I could have. You're right. You're correct. You're correct. I could have, but but yeah. Um, so that they were all projects that we knew about. Now the next three were, although one we did know about, two are completely new. Mm. One being. A Daredevil Disney Plus series, uh, which yes. I think everybody is on cloud nine about. Um, they also confirmed that that is going to be eighteen episodes long. Eighteen episodes long, which is breaking the six episode 
Um, yep. Uh, so it's going to be an actual proper series, actually. Yes. Yeah. Which is is brilliant. And it... we know definitely go- does have Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio back. Yes, a thousand percent. Which is just absolutely lovely to hear. Like uh, somebody commented on social media, amazing what you can do when you don't harass studios yeah. and yeah, other projects. It and was act like an overall a hole. Yeah, it was brought through in just the absolute kindest and most unproblematic way. I think <laughs> is the best <laughs> way to put it. Then we yeah. got an official title for Captain America Four, which will of course see. Uh, Anthony Mackie, Sam Wilson, uh, take the mantle of Captain America for the first time in a feature film setting. Yep. Uh, Captain America New World Order. And then we were told that Phase 5 will conclude with a Thunderbolts film. Which I think has been coming. Like, let's it, be honest. It's... I mean, they've been set... I know that everyone's been like, where's the, where's the, um, where's the through line? Where's the setup? It's like, okay, but We've had, um, what's her name now? I know that she's called something. (laughs) Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. She's been, you know, popping up here and there with some of the nastier characters that we've we've come across. Um, So, yeah, I think it has been coming, and I think we can definitely speculate on who we might get. In that it's team. essentially, I mean, I'm just, you know, it's going to come as no surprise to absolutely nobody when it becomes Florence Pugh leads a massive blockbuster. Yeah! <laughs> like, it's a matter of when that's announced, and it'll probably be in September when Disney have their big absolutely. jamboree. Completely. Uh, I just, Daniel Brühl back, thank you. Yes. Daniel Brühl, uh, Kurt Russell's son, oh, I can't remember his name. Kurt, Wyatt, 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 Wyatt Russell. Russell. Yeah. Uh, Abomination, probably. Abomination. You probably have um, Olga Kurilenko back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. It's going to um, be good. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty excited for that. I think yeah, gonna that be, should be good. Be interesting. Well, and then... And then, <laughs> here's the kicker. You already know, of course, but... A phase, phase six, six timeline was good revealed, lord, which is just insane, isn't it? To think that the first three phases we had over what ten years or uh, twelve years? No, I was eleven thinking years. This. Sorry, yeah. And these, this next saga, which obviously it was revealed that this is now going to be the multiverse saga. These next three phases, um, is going to happen over what three? Or four, something at, like that. At most four, at push. I guess if they kicked off in, so what are they saying was the first one officially? Technically, technically, no way home. No, sorry, far from home was the first phase four movie in twenty nineteen. But if you count the okay. break, so a years. we're talking. So we're talking. Okay, so twenty nineteen, and we're going up to twenty twenty five. Yeah. So. Yeah, God, six years. That is. Mm. So it's a lot to it's a lot to fit in because they uh, Kevin Feige did only reveal three projects on the Phase Six timeline. One um, we knew was in existence, but we didn't know yeah. when. Which there is going to be another seven projects in Phase Six. 
God. <laughs> but yeah, so we uh, so phase six is going to be kicked off by Fantastic Four, which again we were aware of, but we now know has a release date of November twenty twenty four. Yep. Which is really sad because that means we've got to wait literally another two years for this film. Which does that mean we have? Um... Avatar 3, the, the seed bearer, or whatever it's called, oh, going up. Oh, crap, yeah. So yeah. Disney is oh going to be, gosh. like, doing its usual domination of Christmas. It will. That is going to be a busy Christmas for cinema workers, for, for sure. Oh, good lord. Mm. Um. Right. So, after that, it was announced what films are going to be closing Phase 6. And it's yeah. not one, but two Avengers films. So when I first saw that there was going to be a new Avengers film, I genuinely did raise my eyebrows at that. I thought normally with these things, I'm just like, yeah, cool. Okay. Just, you know, pick a comic property and just put it up on, <laughs> on screen. But no, genuinely like, oh, okay. We're going back to the Avengers. That's interesting. Yeah. And well, we've, we've just... Today, before we started recording, had some had some news on the first of the Avengers films to come. Which is so exciting. So the first Avengers movie that's going to close Phase 6 is called The Kang Dynasty. Mm-hmm. And it is going to be directed by none other than Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings director, Dustin Daniel Cretton. I, you know what? That... I was listening back to our review of Shang Chi before this review, uh, before this recording, and yeah, there's some very good points made. I recommend everyone goes back and listens to it. Um, but yeah, the the main one made not only that you know one we go and watch again and again that we really liked it. Um, I think for the majority, maybe not unanimously, um, but just how good the action is in that film. Yeah, just top notch. Yeah, like. As an action spectacle, Shang-Chi was fantastic. Yeah. And I am very intrigued slash excited for whatever comes in oh. in the Kang Dynasty. Mm-mm-mm. It's gonna be good. I I hope and think. Oh um, yeah. And just that basically confirming that Shang-Chi is gonna be in an Avengers movie is just making me so happy. So happy. I mean yeah, we knew it was probably going to happen anyway, but just that little bit of confirmation. Now, oh, yeah. the final film in Phase 6 and the final film in the Multiverse Saga, which will come to a close in the fall of 2025, is Avengers Secret Wars. Which I think just... has been speculated for quite some time that this would be the next Avengers-level event that they would be adapting from the comics. thing is, has you, don't get, you don't get much bigger than Secret Wars because I mean, that is yeah huge. Like literally not just in terms of impact, but in terms of the scale of the thing. It's blooming enormous. Secret Wars is essentially everything, isn't it? It's essentially everything. It's everything everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I'm gonna say is that there are some key players who have yet to be introduced. Um very, very, very key players. Um one of which seems to be kind of appearing at the beginning of phase six if well if yes. they go down that road as mm-hmm. as who that is going to be and the other the other people 
the other the other the other men and women and <laughs> um, <laughs> uh yeah i feel like we're going to need a fair bit of well interesting uh, runway should... a fair bit of runway interesting you should mention them because i've heard a rumor mm. um about why they're holding back on that particular line of questioning, so to speak. Uh-huh. Um, and it's that, apparently, the actors from the previous films are still under contract until 2025. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> so if they right. would make yeah. anything involving them, they'd have to use those actors. Well, of course. That's well, of just rumours. It could just be wild speculation, but it would make sense as to why we haven't necessarily heard anything on that front. Well, look, I mean, sales of earplugs are going to go through the roof because Jesus <laughs> They're Christ. They're cheering. It's going to if... be portals on a scale unbeknownst to yeah, anybody. Yeah, heretofore unseen. I... <sighs> God, I mean, it was... I, I thought it was charming in Endgame. I thought it was obnoxious in No Way Home. God knows how I'm going to feel about it come Secret Wars. <laughs> there are going to be people like, cry, not even just cheering. It's just going to be like, I don't even It'll know. Be like, you know those, um, you know that documentary, or is it Jesus Camp, when you got all the <laughs> kids going absolutely like raving and delirious <laughs> during hymn time? I feel like that's what it's going to be like. It's just going to be like rapture. It's just yeah. going to be bizarre. I I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what that looked like, but also I already feel for cinema stuff. Yeah. And my very, poor eardrums. Very worried. Yeah. Very worried. But yeah. again, still just as excited, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I am optimistic. But. Uh, yeah. So. Think, so. Oh, God. That's that really. Oh, yeah. In terms that of that. like Marvel's big stuff, we're going to talk about the other biggish thing from that panel towards the end of this. But we're going to do a very special Comic Con trailer talk. We are Comic Con trailer talk. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, what would that sound like? I don't know. Maybe a bit more polished. A bit more polished. Yeah. <laughs> That's every note we get back about every recording we send. To... <laughs> more polish, please. Just a bit more polish, please. Just a Go bit on. more. It's been a year. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, first up, we got our first yeah. look at John Wick Chapter 4. Yeah, baby. Oh. I'm... Oh. <laughs> yeah. So much, so much to be excited for in that one minute snippet. Jesus Christ. He's killed somebody with a book. How far do you think they can go now? I feel like, so, because the end of chapter three, okay, so spoiler alert for anybody who, like, is really invested in the lore of John Wick and doesn't <laughs> just watch it for the shooty, stabby, booky thing. Um, like, it did seem like it was preparing for an all-out war with the high table. Yeah. And so I feel like either this is going to be like one of those quieter installments before they go absolutely ham in like the final thing of chapter five, 
or this is going to be enormous. I feel like it is going to be pretty huge. Like, I... Man. Like, John Wick is this weird thing for me, because when I, when I watched the first one, I watched it in a cinema on a fairly quiet screen. And yeah. I thought, oh, this is pretty well done. Like, you know, it's alright. And then every single one since then has just got me so much more excited. Like, normally with these things, when you know, you get sequels and spin-offs and everything else, it's just like, okay, fine, I think I've seen this all. Yeah. But they have a, they have a way. A they have way. a way of just finding something that every time just makes <laughs> it so much more like, oh, you know what? I'm excited for that. I, this, is, this is even more so. I am even more excited. Like, this is, yeah, I man, I am just, oh, please. Yeah, I think back in, like, what was it, 2014 or whatever, when the first John Wick came out, nobody really had on their bingo card John Wick Chapter 4. John Wick Chapter 4 being the most anticipated film of the coming year. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> but yeah, it does. It That's looks so weird. It looks proper brilliant. And I it think does. It's going to be, yeah. They have right. really lent into making a visual feast, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and definitely. it's really interesting that we're talking about John Wick now when what we're going to be talking about later. Mmm. Yes. How that kind of feed they feed into each other a little bit. Yeah, definitely. One has definitely influenced, stolen from yeah, the other. Yeah. <laughs> right, back over to the DC stuff. We got another trailer oh, yeah. for Black Adam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much all we need to say about that one. We also got a trailer, a first trailer, first look. At Shazam Fury of the Gods, which is the sequel to Shazam. I think we both admit, and you admitted before, Simon, that like it is probably one of the only good things about the DCEU at the moment, or I say at the moment, at all. I have a real soft spot for Shazam. I saw it when I was in a particularly bad place, um, and I was not expecting a wholesome family film yeah and i remember watching this and uh, watching the first one and thinking oh this feels like this feels like properly like one of those films from like the late 80s early 90s that'd be under touchstone productions (laughs) or like an amblin film almost but like not trying like it didn't feel like it was you know when you get like films that are trying so hard to be that kind of film and it just ends up being cloying or a bit pandering like the Adam Project. Oh yeah. Of recent in recent memory. Yeah. Like this just felt like pure childlike wonder all about like superheroes and like in this weird place where like the suicide squad exists and like man of steel exists. <laughs> but it all takes place in like Center City Philadelphia and it's like yeah, it's just so sweet and lovely and like there are some really fun jokes in there, like with the Mark Strong and Shazam fighting on the skyscrapers and oh gosh, him monologuing. Yes. And it's like, you're like 50 feet up <laughs> in winter, like wind is blowing over the place. I can't hear a thing you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> that is genuinely funny. But it also just got me in a real emotional spot. And I remember being quite misty eyed by the end of it. Yeah, I completely agree on that one. 
and yeah, like the 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 big moment in the third act of Shazam is one of my favorite superhero moments in years. So I, yeah, I completely agree. I th- it, like, it is really good. Yeah, when the penny drops and then he does the thing and it's just ah, oh, that's it's, great. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's like that is you know what? Like there you get so much dreck out of the comic book machine. Yeah. But sometimes there's like something that's a little bit special. It's a little bit just a little bit nice. And a, little like, bit, a, little, a little precious. And I genuinely um you know, the, the, the teaser was pretty cool. Uh, it looks pretty good. I mean, we've got uh, Zachary Levi, of course, returning. We've got all the kids yep. returning. Yeah, All the superhero versions of the kids returning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we've also got uh, Rachel Ziegler. Yes. Uh, in her first blockbuster. Uh, would you West. call a side story? Uh, well, maybe not. Uh, no. A blockbuster uh, director, but... Yeah, not necessarily a blockbuster, though. Yeah, that's true. And then we've also got Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu in what are seeming to be villainous roles. Oh, yeah. Like, I love seeing Helen Mirren get to chew the scenery. Yeah. She deserves it. She does deserve it. She's had such a fantastic career. She deserves to have a bit of fun. Absolutely. And she looks like she's having absolute bags of it. <laughs> Dressed up as uh, I can't remember, is it Calypso or something? Is the yeah. character's name? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. And just like going wild. Like, yeah, yeah, please. Thank you. Yep. It looks really good. Very excited, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there we have it with that. Now, uh, moving on, we had our first look at Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves. I, you know what? I rather like the look of this. I also, I it, completely agree. Just it looks really fun. Like it looks again. It looks very in in that kind of throwback vein where people remembered to have story and characters in their big shiny temple films. Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, that's the thing, though, isn't it? You know, Dungeons and Dragons. It's meant to be fun. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I feel like the rule of cool is going to be maybe overused in this. <laughs> and you know, you know what? what? I'm not even going to be mad about it. <laughs> a good DM always lets things go with the flow. And, uh, well, we learnt maybe a little bit more than we should have about Hugh Grant's experience as a dungeon master. <laughs> that was so brilliant. <laughs> oh, what a guy. I love him so um, much. What was it? What? Reggae Jean Page making a. Uh... A Jane Austen reference that literally zero people in that hall <laughs> probably <laughs> understood. Oh, Just man. incredible stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I was say you've got. Um, I was gonna say you got Chris Pine giving some bardic inspiration. Just that's all I need to know, and I'm sold. <laughs> that, really. One thing I'm curious about: Do you think this is gonna go a bit Lego Movie? Do you think it's gonna go a bit? Oh, you think it could? Level above level. You never know. You never know. It could or, be... I, uh, yeah. It, I have a feeling I, it might be a bit Jumanji, like modern Jumanji-ish, in that you have people playing people. Potentially. Yeah, I think it could potentially go that way. Because, I like, think... ultimately this is going to be a 
hey kids, try Dungeons and Dragons, it's good. Exactly, because at the end of the day, Dungeons and Dragons is a game that's owned by Hasbro. So yeah, I think that's maybe something they'd want to push. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks looks brilliant. It looks really fun. It looks really fun. Really, really good. Right, moving on. We got our first trailer for Teen Wolf, the movie. And no, not the Teen Wolf you're thinking of. <laughs> Where he plays basketball and surfs on school buses. <laughs> no. Teen Wolf, oh. the movie, which is based off of the TV show, the MTV TV show of the same name. You, I have not watched an episode of this, so it's all you, bud. It's all me. Teen Wolf. Um, I am a massive, well, was a massive fan of Team Wolf when it aired. Uh, oh what, is gosh. Is it not airing anymore? Is it, is it finished? Oh, it finished ages ago, my guy. Okay, five, so... Five years ago now, actually. Oh, isn't Dylan O'Brien in it? Wasn't Dylan, Dylan O'Brien, O'Brien in was it? in it? Yeah, so, I mean, you've got Tyler Posey, you've got Dylan O'Brien, Tyler Hecklin, uh, Holland Roden, Colton Haynes, Shelley Hennig, amongst others. All of those are names. All of those are names, yeah. And <laughs> most most so of names. those names were made because of Team Wolf, I'll have you know. Oh, well, okay, well, there's me told. <laughs> um, or your Tylers and Taylors and Coltons and yeah. Dylans and Brads <laughs> and Chads and... But Brads. yeah, so, uh, you know, Team Wolf finished how it finished. Yeah. Um, it kind of... <laughs> the, the thing is, what Team Wolf did is it kind of did a half glee. Yeah. Where halfway through the the run of the show, half half a new cast took over basically because right okay. some of the original the cast like... got a bit too big for the show and they were busy doing other things kind of deal. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say they all turned cough, like Dylan 50. O'Brien cough. <clears throat> oh, um, <laughs> li- <laughs> too busy making those Maze Runner movies, eh? Dylan? Yeah, Tyler Hecklin also did Jump Ship, I think, at some point. <clears throat> Tyler Hecklin sounds like a yeah, name I should know. Tyler Hecklin is uh, Superman in Superman and Lois at the moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, here we are, back in Team Wolf, back in um, the place where Team Wolf is set, which I can't remember, something springs. Um, and, yeah. I don't really... From the trailer, I can't really grasp what we're, we're trying to achieve. Apart from the fact that and this is major spoilers for if you haven't seen um, Team Wolf, uh, mm-hmm. a character called Allison, who died in the main show, hath returned. My God. Ah! Oh and, my God. I will say, when they did kill off Allison, everyone was very angry. Um, So I think people will be excited to see her back. My issue is that during the panel, the San Diego Comic-Con panel, Tyler Posey, who plays Scott McCall, who's the main character, said, it's going to feel exactly like the, the original show. Right. First of all, no Dylan O'Brien. Styles Stalinsky was the best thing about that TV show. Hands down. So without him, I mean, there is already a massive crater in the side of this Do you not film. think they would, like, claw those names back for, like, a little cameo here and there? I mean, they could, but I've seen, I'm pretty sure I've seen him say that he's not involved, so... Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, Next up, 
know Arden Cho. And this one annoys me because apparently they didn't offer her the same amount of money as some of her fellow castmates. Right. And her character was very integral to the plot of the TV show and she was one of the main characters. So how dare you, Paramount? How dare you? Mm. Um, And then, yeah, it just... I'm I'm struggling. I'm struggling. <laughs> but we'll see. I'll probably still watch it because, you know, I am that yeah. kind of person and I'll be morbidly curious at least. Okay. Okay. So there we have it. That's that. Now, last and certainly not least. Oh, yeah. We had a trailer that came out during the panel, uh, the Marvel panel. And that was the trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Like, you know, when you watch something, you just think that's going to be like. Everyone, everyone's going to watch this. Yeah. Like, not just the usual Marvel rush. Like, everyone is going to go and see this. Yeah, completely. I think you're absolutely right. It's just, like, like somebody said in, on that panel thing, and like, I know, you know, it's so much, like, marketing spiel and everything else, but the first Black Panther was so transcendent of that franchise. Like, yeah. to the point where, like, you know, it was, first of all, really really well done like ryan coogler's direction on that was far you know second to none absolutely um yeah and like to the point where it was recognized by the the academy like it's you yeah. know literally um yeah like it was a really just phenomenally well-made film um and chabot boseman was such a such a central part of that like his mm-hmm. yeah. performance as t'challa is like remains just like you know it will, it will be one of those things which people will will talk about forever it will be you know, yeah. people will be talking about black panther and t'challa and chadwick poseman probably forever now yeah like that's absolutely. it like, he's, so. he's he is immortalized and like deservedly so like yeah you know there has been so much said already and like cuz it's been a it's been a year it's been a year it's been since, yeah, it has been since since, since he passed, and that is just astonishing. Has it been? A, no, it can't be. It can't be just a year. Has it been a year? It's been maybe. No, I. It's you know been, what? It's been two in a month. Two. Oh my god. Okay, I was thinking twenty twenty. Geez. So yeah, in we've had two years without Chadwick Boseman, and like it's. Where do you go from there? And from what they've shown of Wakanda Forever, and from what people have been saying about it, from on set, from the cast and the crew, it does sound like he was just looming large, and like he does do so in this trailer. Yeah, yeah, and I, it does feel like. It's gonna be. Well, it feels like, from what we've seen here, it, it does. It does feel like we're gonna have like a, a bit of a mourning period. But then something really extravagant seems to be on the horizon with this. Yeah, thousand percent. It's interesting. You were saying, and we were saying before about how it 
seems to have this balance of like this kind of this tribute to Chadwick Boseman, but yeah. at the same time, you know, it still has to be this Marvel movie that pushes the narrative forward. Yeah, and you know, we get that with uh, you know, the introduction of Ironheart and Riri Williams, of Namor, of the Atlanteans. Yeah. Um, and obviously of whoever is in that suit at the end of the trailer as well. Yes, whoever that may be. Whoever that could be. But like you say, you know, at the same time there's this massive thing at uh, this this massive just like you said, presence being felt and being made about Chadwick and about T'Challa and about his character and about how yeah. that is going to be dealt with. And if the trailer is anything to go by, I genuinely believe this could be not only the best film of Phase 4, but one of the best Marvel films of all time. Because like like Black Panther in itself, like you said, how it just transcends what a Marvel film is, this yeah. will do exactly the same thing. For obviously other reasons, as well as the reasons that Black Panther transcended, you know, in totally. the first place. And I think, you know, on top of the, the, the Chadwick Boseman factor, which I feel like, you know, is going to play a huge part. I think we can't we we can't uh, ignore just the the level of talent across the board oh. that's coming back for this. So you've got obviously you've got Ryan Coogler coming back to direct it, which is just a huge get in itself. Because I think wasn't there even talk about him maybe or maybe not coming back for two, at, like way back when. Potentially, but I might just be making this up, but yeah, I I he is just such a phenomenal director. Because I know he didn't come back pre three, yeah. So that's maybe where I'm going for that. Um, but yeah, and then you've got. So I'm assuming Ludwig Göransson is coming back for the score yeah, for this, and Kendrick Lamar. Amazing, yeah. I mean, oh man, the Kendrick Lamar needle must, drop in this trailer. We must talk about the music, yeah, because that was okay. quite something. Just incredible. Just, oh yeah. Oof really special um and then you've got um oh okay so a new talent to this is well i'll say new new ish uh autumn derold uh who is going to be um being the cinematographer for this yes, i think they did loki before or like an episode or a couple of episodes yeah. of loki yeah um and then yeah they've done stuff like uh, well, they've worked on music videos in the past, so like uh, Arcade Fire's Afterlife video, which is amazing, and like a Solange video, and then some Heim stuff, Janelle Monet, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's exciting. And then the cast. Like, oh. you've got Angela Bassett back, you've got Lupita Nyongo back, you've got Letitia Wright, who I feel, you know, despite all of the stuff over the last couple of yeah. years, mm. deserves to be back. I think that's fair. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's a, that's a, oh man. I mean, Angela Bassett, just that, I mean, just because everything in that trailer came together, but with those lines delivered by Angela Bassett about, you know, being the queen of the most powerful nation in the world and 
but not Aww. having her family. We're oh, good. Just incredible, honestly. And but then yeah, let's like, talk about the music. <laughs> yeah, because it made me. I mean, I was watching this trailer on my phone, just like <laughs> I had. I was tears were welling up in my eyes, essentially. And it just it's stunning. It feels as though the entire film is going to be to to garner that feeling. Yeah, it's going to be phenomenal. I mean, I... it seems from the trailer that we're going to be getting some kind of funeral scene, which is going to be absolutely devastating. Like I'm getting upset just thinking about it. Yeah. Um. But again, I but feel like that's got... part of the the healing process. That yeah. they were talking about on stage at, at Comic Con, um, and well, as as we say goodbye to one king, you have Tenoch Huerta. Yes, of course, coming yeah. onto the scene. Oh, very very cool. Yeah, I can already very feel his cool. presence. Completely, I feel like his his excitement in the panel is yeah. just it was infectious. Very good. And then we've also got Winston Duke returning as well as oh, uh, M'Baku. M'Baku, who of course in the first Black Panther was amazing. Yeah, um, I love Winston Duke. Yeah, he's, he's so cool. <laughs> he's just so cool. So yeah, so I think um, I just I'm so excited for this film now, and it's yeah. so interesting, isn't it? Because it's had it's just had the worst possible through line from. You know, starting production to, to oh, now where we where like we are the worst possible nightmare. Yeah, completely yeah. and utterly. You know, not even just with the Chadwick stuff, but with all the reports we've heard from from the from the set and from production and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and then to come out with that, and it now be like my most anticipated MCU film is just it's quite phenomenal. The, but then. Just got to have faith in Ryan Coogler because. Oh, that was one thing that we didn't talk about. How, who we think should direct Secret Wars, Ryan Coogler. Just. I mean, Coogler would be the one. Just saying, I think that should happen. Uh, but yeah. we'll see how we're kind of forever is received first and go from there. Yeah, because that might. I would be not surprised. I would be not surprised. I would not be surprised if he decides that he wants to step off. Because uh, well, like, yeah, yeah, you that make would be a fair such point. an intense and emotional production and process. Yeah, completely. Like, I think, yeah, I don't know if he'd be able to come back, but I might be wrong. I might be wrong. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, but yeah, last thing we should mention is the music. Just so good, stunning. Oh yeah. my god. Like that that moment in the trailer when it transfers it from yeah. yeah, when it goes from No Woman No Cry to All Right by Kendrick oh! is just Oh, oh, oh. oh man. Actually chills. chills. Yeah. Like hats off to the person who or the people who put that trailer together because yeah, that's next level. Next level stuff. Next level. Yeah, really really yeah. next level. For sure. It's going to be special. I just know it. it really is. My God, we spent ten minutes talking about the Black Panther trailer. <laughs> oh no! Quick, we must talk about all of these trailers very quickly. Yes, yes. So the ones that didn't have anything to do with Comic Con, Comic Con, 
There's been loads of trailers if you include the Comic-Con ones, though. That's for sure. I know. It's been ridiculous. Right, so, Shall we do a quick like runoff? Then? We're going to do quick, right. Oppenheimer. Okay. We got a bit of a teaser. Not technically, though. Only if you've been in the cinema. Yeah, I saw it before when the crawled had sing. I mean, it looks black and white, potentially. Ooh. I think black and white IMAX should be Ooh, fun. Okay. Um, so that's good old Nolan trying something new. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> looks... <could> change. Um, <laughs> maybe you'll be able to maybe you'll be able to hear it as well. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, that looks looks good. Interesting, interesting. Then we've got Me Time, which is a Kevin Hart, Mark Wahlberg buddy comedy, or AKA the worst possible film that I could ever imagine <laughs> in the history of films. Um, so this comes from the director of I Love You Man, which I feel like this could be the same title, but with no homo straight afterwards <laughs> from that cut from those two alone <laughs> like they are the most like insecure masculinity paragons right because you had kevin hart doing that whole thing about like you know being basically a shitty person about lgbt people before yeah. he lost the oscars hosting thing <laughs> and then you got mark Wahlberg. Really, like, enough said yeah Absolutely. So that's going to be a thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got our first look at the X prequel, Pearl, which shows which us... Very... Hmm? Sorry, go on. Go on, go on. Shows us the origins of the murderous um, Pearl, who uh, was in X. Yeah, I am fascinated as to how this is going to come together, because... When they said that there was going to be a prequel all about that character, and mm. it's going to be Mia Goth, and it's going to be another slasher thing, or at least a murdery, horrory thing, eh? But yeah. I mean, it looks good enough. I'm I'm intrigued to see how they work run in parallel. I am very intrigued for sure. Mm. Right, moving on, we've got Tar, which you know a bit more than this about this than I do, so I'll, I'll let you. Yeah, so this is a biopic of the composer Lydia Tarr. Um, she was a German composer and I believe the first to lead a German orchestra. I might be wrong. Um, first, first woman to lead a German orchestra, potentially. Hmm. Um, um, but more importantly, it's the third feature from Todd Fields, who made, um, uh, I can't remember the other name of the film, but Little Children, which is just the most astonishing film and if you haven't seen it i recommend you see it it's not an easy watch by any stretch but my god it is so well made and just some phenomenal performances from jackie o'haley and kate winslet to say the least and yeah i man it's something else and the fact that he's making a new film and you've got kate blanchett involved in this <laughs> like yeah baby sign me up yeah, so that's that. Then moving on, we have got Till, which is mm. um, kind of based on the true story of, of Emmett Till, who was uh, lynched uh, back in 1955. And uh, it follows the mother of Emmett Till, um, Mamie Till Mobley, and her pursuit for justice for her son. Yeah. Um, we've got... Uh, Chinonye Chukwu directing and Whoopi Goldberg acts as a producer as well in this film as as well as being in it. Yeah. 
And I think this is going to be a very interesting and important film, definitely, to yeah. have come up, um, especially now um, with the state that America continues to be in. Um, I think it's important to note as well that this is a story that is not ancient history. Uh, this is yeah. something that is very much still a contemporary thing. Like mm -hmm. the person who accused Emmett Till um, falsely, uh, Carolyn Bryant, she is still alive. So yeah. just to give some perspective of when this happened, uh, she is in her late 80s and she still insists on calling herself a victim, but she is still very much with us. Mm. So yeah, this is not way off in the past it's history let the past go this is now yeah yeah um it looks like danielle deadweiler is giving a really powerhouse performance in this too yeah i think it's going to be such an interesting and like the trailer itself already is you know coming out swinging yeah. i am so fascinated by what this is going to look like in the final product absolutely um we've also got Halloween ends, not kills. That's the other one. Um, yeah, Halloween Evil ends. dies eventually. <laughs> will Michael Myers actually bite the dust in this film? Or will, will he finally um, overpower Laurie Strode? They're both going to go out in a blaze of glory. You think? Of course. Yeah, probs. Um, <laughs> that would also, though, um, stop Laurie Strode from being one of the ultimate final girls because can't be oh, a final well, girl if you case. die. No, in that case, yeah, she'll make it because of that alone. Yeah. Um, she'll go out on her own terms. <laughs> and then finally we've got They Slash Them which is the Peacock slasher film with Kevin Bacon. Bit of a wider look at that seeming as though the plot is going to revolve around a conversion therapy camp which um Look, really it's... too sure um what whether the optics on that are great or not um i think we depending said, on like, how before... it how it turns out yeah oh yeah i think we said last time we discussed this this is either going to be a really interesting social commentary film about those kind of camps and you know a fun little revenge thing or it's going to be a hate crime yeah it could be either or who knows <laughs> it's going to be either or Let's yeah. hope it's the the uh the former. And not yeah. The latter. Oh God! I really hope you're gonna. Say, I really thought for a second you were gonna say let's hope it's the latter. Oh, no, but, wow. no, no, Alex, no. You've really brought the spice, Jesus. My God. Absolutely yeah. not. Right. That's it. Right. Okay. Cool. Before we move on to the reviews, very quickly, Simon, yeah. would you like to? I would love to uh, do so... some Patreon things. I would love to do some Patreon things. And, well, it seems apt that this week of all weeks we talk about a Ryan Gosling film. He may be the grey man, but here are some bona fide golds. So, the people we want to thank this week, uh, like every week, because they uh, donate to the toppest tier of the Jump Cut Online Patreon, which, funnily enough, you can find at patreon.com forward slash jumpcut underscore online. And so these people are Chris Wilson, Enon Films, Robert Denny, Daryl Griffiths, Sam Luck, Orla Smith, Peter Hodgkins, Andy Meakin, Fabiana Rosas, Hamish Calvert, Manuel Bento, and Joe Craig. 
Each of you are lovely, wonderful, stellar people. And we love you. We do indeed. Oh yeah, so much. Right. Well, now it's time to get on to the reviews. And I think we'll start off with Where the Crawdads Sing to Simon. I haven't okay. seen this. <laughs> so, yes, I, I have seen this. I have certainly seen it. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. So this is based on a novel of the same name by... Uh, I'm going to get the name up now, so bear with me. Uh, it is based on a novel by Delia Owens, uh, who is herself subject of a potential police investigation for another murder, not related to the narrative of the story, but just interesting to point out that there is an active murder investigation happening involving Delia Owens. So this is uh, a film that stars Daisy Edgar-Jones in the lead role as Kaya. Uh, she is also known to the rest of the characters as the Marsh Girl, um, mainly because her and her family, her erstwhile family, lived out in the marshes, out in town. Uh, so her full name, Catherine Clark. Uh, so she is, at the beginning of the film, arrested... And accused of murdering uh, someone called Chase Andrews, who in this film is played by Harris Dickinson. Um, so basically what happens is, as we find out more about the murder case, we also learn more about Kaya and her backstory. Uh, we see what her life was like growing up in the marshes with her family. Uh, she, has, she, she survives an abusive alcoholic father. Her mother leaves early and her siblings kind of follow suit. They they um, run away from home as soon as they can. Um, so she is completely alone. And she's she finds solace in wildlife, in nature. She's a fantastic artist and she takes a lot of love in it. And she the only thing she loves as much is Tate Walker, who is played in this by Taylor John Smith who I had not seen before, but apparently I must have done because he was in uh, Sharp Objects, the series. And funny enough, uh, as a through line from this, this is also produced by Reese Witherspoon, who made, uh, who produced Sharp Objects and Big Little Lies and um, Little Fires Everywhere, I think it's called, something like that, uh, through her Hello Sunshine um, production company. So basically what you've got here is this... so. On the one hand, you've got the story being told by Kaya um, about how she's grown up and she's lived rough and she's had to survive out in the thing. And then uh, nothing makes sense until she meets Tate. Um, and so what you've got is this kind of part murder mystery whodunit kind of thing, kind of courtroom drama of this girl who's an outsider, but she would never hurt a fly. In fact, she'd sit there and draw a fly and then send it off to a publisher for an encyclopedia of flies of La Marche. Um, but then you also have this kind of overly cloying, over, very over-egged sub-Nicholas Sparks melodrama, where you've got this whole thing about this, this 
little lost girl who finds a boy who also lives out in the marshes, but he's doing all right for himself and he has to leave. And will he ever come back for her? She'll wait all day and all night at this place, at this special place where they, it, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit romance novelly, And it's, it's weird because when I was watching it, I felt myself very much thinking that I was watching two very different films. The beginning and end is very much focused on the the murder case and the trial and the the trying to find Kaya innocent kind of thing when everyone is so against her. And, you know, they've got this whole thing about having societal prejudices and about um, how those who aren't so well off in society are immediately villainized and vilified and, you know, scapegoated for all these things. And I thought that's really interesting. But then on the other hand, you have this, and don't get me wrong, I, I don't use Nicholas Sparks as an insult. I think that he is a very accomplished writer and the adaptations of his work have been mixed in quality, but when they've been good, they've been very, very good. So I just want to make that clear. I'm not just saying that to, to slate it. Um, but what you do have on top of all that, I mean, so you have this performance from uh, David Stratham uh, as this lawyer. And I don't know if you ever watched um, Futurama, uh, but there's a, there's a character in it who's like the southern lawyer, but he's also a chicken. I have not, um, however. Okay, so all the way, all the while I was watching this, like, because he is fairly prominent, like in the in the bits that aren't flashbacks to the Kaya Tate love story, um, and he is very like, oh, I'm a southern lawyer. I don't know much, but I know the law, and I'm a good man, and all this kind of thing. And just like all the time, I was thinking, I'm sorry, I thought you was corn. From the Futurama courtroom <laughs> sequence, and it's just oh man. Um, but on that's on the lighter side. On the heavier side, there is this weird. So aside from the tonal shifts that happen through the film, there is a weird, awkward, uncomfortable, um, kind of social hierarchy at play. I mean. To be clear, this is happening during the 50s and 60s in America. And so the political landscape, and certainly in terms of race, mm. not least of gender, um, is... So there, is a char- there are two characters in this who own a shack in, in the marsh. Um, so you've got... Um, Sterling Mesa Jr. who plays a character called Jumpin, uh, his full name is James Madison. Um, and then you've got uh, Michael Hyatt who plays Mabel Madison. So they're like this um, benevolent, absolutely perfect, pure, but absolutely never at any point uh, treated like second class citizens or even touched on the idea of racism in America uh, thing because it's great because you've got this absolutely perfect idealized like white feminist girl boss idea of what america is and oh let's not touch on the the tricky parts let's just do the nice things and it's so nice and you have the nice taylor swift song at the end and it just felt very 
icky because you have this kind of like like there are so many things that could work and like the component parts are interesting but when they're put together it's messy and it's gross and it's a little bit uncomfortable and it's like almost sweeping some things under the carpet because it's just like oh well that would be inconvenient to kind of talk about that and yeah i (sighs) Mm. the performances were good and harris dickinson does very good slimy and daisy edgar jones does very good big eyes and wondrous at the world but that's about it yeah don't know whether you've sold me on whether or not to go and watch that film I wouldn't I I wouldn't bother I think if it's one of those things if it's a rainy Sunday and there's literally nothing else to watch then watch it yeah by all means but there is too much going on there which is a bit skin crawling yeah, in many ways, that I just couldn't. Uh, yeah, I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't get on board with it fully. But like I said, there are some things in there that you could enjoy. Yeah. Right. Well, moving on from one uh, film to another, we have got the Gray Man. The Gray Man. The Gray Man. The uh, gray, which... gray, 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 gray man. <laughs> the Gray Man is the latest big old Netflix everyone's watching it film, but is everyone actually watching it film? Um, From the Russo brothers, who have brought us such incredible films post-Endgame, such as Cherry. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this review. <laughs> Uh, this film stars Ryan Gosling in the main role. We also have Chris Evans as a very campy uh, kind of pantomime uh, villain in Lloyd Hansen. We've also got Reggae Jean Page, Jessica Hennick, uh, Julia Butters, and Anna Diarmas, as well as Billy Bob Thornton. Ryan it's, a good, it's a good cast. It is. This is the thing. It's an incredible cast. Uh, and yeah, so Ryan Gosling plays a CIA agent uh, pulled from prison, uh, kind of uh, had his sentence commuted to become a trained killer for the CIA, uh, one who is off the books, nobody can trace kind of deal. Um, and he, at uh, the beginning of the film, is ordered to kill a man who ends up being um, another member of this uh, elite ghosted group of spies um and uh this 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 man has some information on it that the cia uh, do not want to get out so they order a hit on ryan gosling's character um and that operation is headed up by chris evans's lloyd hansen i think i've pretty much covered everything there that you really need to know about that i think you have um so yeah the gray man <laughs> it, so this okay, is the thing what I, go on you you start, you start. okay i was gonna say is what i will say is it's not terrible yeah okay it is not the worst i will admit it do you know what and i've seen somebody say this on twitter um 
and the bar is so low, but <laughs> at least it's not as bad as Red Notice. Christ alive. No. No, not even not even close to Red Notice level. Um so I think and it's hard to be that kind of person who tries to like compare films to different films, but I think this what this film is trying to do is trying to be a few different films in one and failing miserably mm. at both. Um, yeah. That being Mission Impossible and um, John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. I think it's 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 so interesting that those films still have such a stranglehold on action cinema. Like we're talking multiple installments in. Like in the case of Mission Impossible, we're talking like seven twenty five years. Yeah. Yeah, thereabouts, and yeah, for John Wick, like ten years nearly, that they've been around, and yeah, like actions are like, um, and this this is a very good these these are both very very good franchises and very and they have consisted of some fantastic films. I just feel like when you are throwing the checkbook at a, at a film and and a project which has been kind of knocking around for some time like i think brad pitt was going to be was was touted or at least maybe even signed on for ryan gosling's role yeah i think there was somebody else who was kind of in a gender swap maybe Charlize theron oh i might be wrong i might be wrong someone was definitely in that position of kind of uh there was a female uh, female actor name attached to this as six and yeah, I. It just feels like ultimately we've got something which feels incredibly derivative. Yeah, like incredibly derivative. It it's just so you know, the whole point of an action movie is that it's meant to be this kind of really exciting, um, kind of fast paced. Well, and set pieces, just well, some, yeah. some, like something that you can go back and come out and go, "Oh, that wow, was... I love when they did that bit." Yeah, yeah. Ex- absolutely, thousand percent. Um, and I just was a bit bored. I think. Yeah, yeah. I just found myself kind of twiddling my thumbs, going, "Okay, when's something actually going to happen?" Like, real. I think the only thing action wise that really kind of excited me was any was when he was in the well yes and that was that all was actually <laughs> and that was, was gonna... all still a little bit like how the hell did you do all of that with what he actually had i say thing. that was a bit macgyver rather than anything yeah. else wasn't but no but that that was the only time where i found myself thinking oh this character is quite interesting like he's like it's kind of showcasing how he's been trained to use everything in his surroundings to get out of a situation or solve a problem. It's like, yeah, cool. That was really good, and that was three minutes in a two-hour film. Literally, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I I feel like I'm coming down a quite. I I feel like I'm coming down quite hard on this. Yeah, I've, yeah, I know. 
I also feel like the only person that looked like they were having a good time was Chris Evans, really. Okay, yeah. I wanted to talk about the Chris Evans performance I, because yeah. it's... Uh, he... Okay, so post Steve... Well, no, post Human Torch, I feel like he's been having some real fun. Like, it just feels like he's someone who's like, oh, my career could have been over. And instead yeah. he's just gone, you know what, I'm just going to have lots of fun. And so you have like Lucas Lee and Scott Pilgrim. Like Steve Rogers admittedly is very kind of white bread, but it was fun. And like as that character developed, you could tell that a lot of that was down to Chris Evans' own just glee at being yeah. that character. Yeah, yeah, completely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you have like Knives Out, even stuff like Snowpiercer and um, like the, the Iceman film was Mm. Pretty good because of him. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then yeah, like this is, I mean, <laughs> it's just, I feel like I can't say what I want to say without spoiling the end of this film. Interesting. But, okay. So for the next 30, take literally 30 seconds for me. So skip forward a little bit. So what I'll say is... Click that skip button twice. Skip, click that skip button twice from now. Okay, so I think the fact that they're doing the Grey Man 2 and Grey Man spin-offs, I feel like they're going to be so hard to live up to the fact that Chris Evans' character is no longer with us to kind of make them at least entertaining. Well, I feel like, interestingly enough, one of the spin-offs might be about his character. If being Okay, honest. well then that gives some hope, because he was having the time of his life. But yeah. Um, Chris Evans is the best thing about this film, hands down, thousand percent. Um, I love Ryan Gosling, don't get me wrong, but he just he looked as bored as I was, which is a shame because he is a he is an actor who can give energy to roles that could seem fairly yeah. pedestrian otherwise. Absolutely, yeah, 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 completely. Um, Absolutely. but I just feel like he needs a. He needs a Ken-shaped role to really sink his teeth into, you know? What I will say is, it speaks volumes that the film he has been talking about during promotion has not been the Grey Man. Yeah. And even funnier is the fact that they actually make a Kendall joke in the Grey Man about Ryan Gosling. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I'll say, I, that bit was so put around um, social media forever and ever and ever. And then when it happened, I went, huh? What? Oh, was that it? Oh, okay. I also, I don't know whether this was because I maybe wasn't paying attention because of how bored I was, but I did not hear Chris Evans say, if you want to make an omelette, you've got to kill some people. Yeah, like, that, that felt like a, okay, film? that's a decent trailer line. Yeah, that, yeah. Was in the, that was in there. Yeah, that's like a decent trailer line. And that was in there. And I was like, oh, okay. But that just felt like, that was My in there for the sake of the trailer. Favorite moment from the film and favorite line from the film is um when uh Chris Evans is limping about the operation uh, building and the scene ends with him walking out going, Because I was shot in the ass, Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> there was the, the, the line I really enjoyed, aside from the babe reference, was um so Ryan Gosling's character has this thing of asking people their their sizes in terms of like suit and shoe because his whole thing is you know adapt camouflage change into all this that and the other 
and he says this he says like what shoe size are you to to lloyd and he's like why do you want to know so you can have my foot up your ass <laughs> <laughs> it's like just really dumb but like it's so weird to me that it feels almost like his character was written for a completely opposite movie you know what i'm yeah it's it's interesting because yeah, I feel like he is just chewing and chewing and chewing and chewing on that scenery. Yeah, and everybody else is taking it so seriously, and My he's God. there just oh, he's Jessica, there okay. just sucking a lollipop, you know. Oh yeah, and uh, okay. So I mean, my feelings on this are fairly neutral. Like it's not exciting enough to pass as a really well-made action film. But it's not so terrible that it's like in with the usual Netflix dreck. Like yeah. it's fine. But the way it wastes its talent is just so we've already mentioned Ryan Gosling, but Jessica Hennig. Yeah, how do you do and like I feel like it's not enough to say, oh well, she'll have a bigger role in the sequel. I just don't think that's like a It's not good enough. No, absolutely not. But yeah, what a waste. Completely. Just, yeah. And, and 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 Reggae Jean Page was again just static. Yeah, just, just did not like a go plank anywhere. of wood. A plank of wood would have done a better job. <laughs> and I say that liking the guy, I think he's a very good actor. You I could have he's... replaced him with a lamp. And genuinely, like... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's fine. The Gray Man is the Gray Man, and it will be the Gray Man. But yeah, like. The fact that there's a sequel coming, unlike Red Notice, I would probably give it a go. Yeah, I think I'd be up to see what they did. But I think they they do need to give Ryan Gosling something, anything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, there we have it. That is our little chat on the Grey Man. Now, before we move to the last bit of the podcast where I challenge Simon in a... Uh, undisclosed film themed game and say so I'm, I'm scared about this now <laughs> um, i'm going to do my top five if you haven't seen them you should watch them films because i've been watching some been doing some catch up so in no particular order at number five it is martin mcdonald's in bruges oh nice i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah i really really liked it colin farrell impeccable Brennan Gleeson was great, and Ray Fiennes, well, can't beat it. Can't beat him, shall I say. <laughs> <laughs> In at number four, we've got Little Miss Sunshine. Excellent I feel like choice. I'm saying films that basically everyone who listens to this podcast will have already seen, but I don't care. If you've already seen them, watch them again, as I was saying before. Why not? Yeah. But yeah, Little Miss Sunshine. Absolutely wonderful family comedy drama. Just such a brilliant, brilliant film with such a wonderful cast. Mm. Um, Paul Dano is is really, really brilliant in that film. Oh, he is phenomenal in that film. Yeah, so good. And Steve Carell, like yeah, Steve Carell, really wonderful performances. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. In at number three, it's a joint third, um, and Ooh. it's the Blade Runner films. Oh, excellent! I would definitely. Recommend 2049 over the original, but you know, they Ooh. work as a pair for sure. Yeah, nice. And at number two, we have got Ryan Johnson's Looper. 
another fantastic film. These are all really good films from like the last fifteen or so years. Or so, yeah. Plus, plus Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Didn't know what to expect with Looper, considering that it's been out for ten years nearly. Really, really didn't know anything about the plot. Um, so didn't know any spoilers or anything like that, and really, really quite blown away by it. All I'm, all I'm going to say is, what happened to Joseph Gordon-Levitt? That is a good question. Because he was like, he's in, he's... he was a big star, you know. He was, he was Robin. Oh, for um, sakes. Hey, careful now. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, oh, and also Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis was really great in Looper, and also, um, well, actually, he he was great. The wig they made him wear to bridge the gap between him growing up was not so great. <laughs> yeah, not not brilliant. <laughs> but there you go. There they have it. And then in at number one on my, if you haven't seen them, you should definitely see them. It is John Carney's Once. Wonderful film. Just impeccable. Yeah. Um, I love musicals. I love romantic films. I, this is just the the perfect blend of the two, and it's just phenomenal. The music is impeccable. Yeah, really, really quite brilliant. Um, and it is just like, really, is like lightning bottle, like lightning in a bottle film. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's, just something it's that so you really good. couldn't. Yeah, once in a lifetime, literally. <laughs> okay. Also, just 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 oh. to make sure that you're aware, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's next role is Pinocchio, right? Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, this is the Guillermo del Toro version, though, correct? <laughs> is it? I'm pretty sure it's the Disney one, but okay. oh, okay. Wait, oh, you and McGregor <laughs> is Jiminy Cricket in the. Okay, they're bringing out two Pinocchio films at the same time, almost. Yeah, so I'm just there, confused. They are. They okay. are. No, no, that's fair. Let that's me fair. have it. Let me have it. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll hear me. <laughs> um, yeah, two Jiminy Crickets. Who's going to be better? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to have that showdown, but it's going to happen. Jiminy Cricket Battle Royale. <laughs> All right. That is that. Okay. For that, and before we leave you today, Simon. Yes. I have got a, a few film titles. Okay. However, they are film titles, but using the antonyms of their original words. Oh, okay. So you have to guess the film from the antonym title. Right. Okay, okay. I, I see what you're doing. I don't think that they're difficult, per se. But we'll... Would you call me? <laughs> no. We'll see. We'll see how you, okay. how you fare. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. okay. Are you ready? As I'll ever be. Okay. I'm just going to... We're going to do it quick fire. Sure. Oh, okay. Quick fire. Yeah? That makes sense. Right. Cool. First of all, Sound of the Sheep. Uh, the Silence of the Lambs. Correct. Ordinary Mrs. Wolf. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes, correct. <laughs> uh, forward to the Past. Oh, Back to the Future. Yes. Uh, a Live Writer's Rebellion. 
<laughs> uh, Dead Poet Society. Yes, correct. Um. Oh wait. Oh. That... Oh yes, lose in. Lose what? Lose in. Yes. Lose in. Oh, get out. Correct. Yeah. Uh, timid close. Lose. Um. Nico's brave, 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 brave open. I don't know what timid close. No, no, it's not brave open. Brave, brave hut. No, 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 no. Brave, brave something. Brave. I don't know. Go on. Funnily enough, um. We're going to have to maybe edit this bit out. Okay. Because I've actually forgot. <laughs> Timid clothes, brave. Timid clothes. You see, now I'm playing along. <laughs> it is something open. I know that for a fact. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh, so it is something open. Something open, yeah. Old open. No. Damn. Hmm. I'm. I've really. I've. I've done. Done goof on you've that. Played, one. You've played yourself. I have played myself. I feel terrible. This has gone absolutely horribly. <laughs> Let me see. Oh to go to... wait. Oh, go on. Is that? No. No. It's not. Okay. Oh, I've read it wrong. I'm such an idiot. Oh, okay. So it's actually timid close. Timid close. <laughs> close. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I have remembered what it is now, though. Okay, so something near? Oh, no, far. Break. Close. Break. No, no, I'm still no, not getting it. You stuck? Yeah. Spirited away. Spirit. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I I done goofed on that one. Anyway, um, <laughs> next one down. Up. Correct. Uh, empty wood cardigan. Empty wood cardigan. Uh, full metal jacket. Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, founding quotation. Lost in translation. The light soldier. The light soldier. What? Okay. Um. The dark knight. Correct. Oh. Uh. <laughs> um. Nothing. Nowhere. None at hundreds. <laughs> Everything. Everywhere. All at once. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, landscape of a man underwater. A portrait of a lady on fire. Yes. And finally, <laughs> yep. <laughs> nope. Correct! Yay! Hey! <laughs> Barring that weird one. <laughs> Timid clothes. Timid yeah. clothes. Timid... <laughs> <laughs> 
What a I think failure. That, that was fun. No, that was really fun. I enjoyed that. Oh, I can't say it's one of my best ones. Oh, you know what? I enjoyed that. I liked the quick fire nature. That was yeah. good fun. Definitely. Well, there we have it. We have come to the end of another another jump cast. Another one. Um, good lord. And what I will say is that next week we have got um DC League of Super Pets. Uh, okay, yeah. And Olivia Coleman's Joyride. Ooh. But more importantly, well, yeah. two things. Well, actually, yeah, we should have Charlotte back, I believe. Okay, well, three things. <laughs> should we have Charlotte back, or is she away for two weeks? I can't remember what she said. She might she's be back. back. She might not she be, might back. be back. Um, but if she is back, she'll be back for our 50th episode as us three. Yes. And what will be a one year anniversary? Our one year anniversary doing Jumpcast. Wow. First is paper, so I'm going to (laughs) say. I'll bring something to match that. (laughs) But yeah, um, I think we'll be chatting a little bit about that, I'm sure. Yeah, I think. I think so. Yeah. But yeah, I'm otherwise looking forward to DC League of Super Pets. Yay. I'm off to Belgium for like the Saturday. I don't know when I'm gonna see this. Oh no. Oh what a shame. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we shall see you next week for that. Uh, yeah. as Charlotte would say, stay sexy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we need we need her presence here to say that. But yeah, definitely. And um well, have a have a good week. Indeed a good week and we will see you on the flip side I love it bye